0: Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joining me, as always, are my co host Joseph. Yeah, hello. And Jay Hugh. <laughs> Here this week to talk about Marvel's latest ever. Hey, guys, all we do is talk about Marvel shit. You guys, like, it just overwhelms media these days. But Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness came out this week. The film follows... Doctor Strange as he tries to protect a young girl, America Chavez, whose ability is to jump through the multiverse and defend her from the desires of Wanda Maximoff, who wants to reunite with her fake children.
1: I mean, to be fair, your, your synopsis of this movie is, I feel like, kind of a spoiler, at least based on the trailer materials that we, I had seen so far. But maybe I just didn't watch yeah, any I, of the trailers. I think that
2: is, I think that is very split, because I, I agree, it feels like a spoiler to me, because I feel like that was presented as a twist. But when I talked to Sarah about it, she was like, oh, I knew that going in. I got it from the trailer. So I think different people just saw different things. Huh.
0: I felt like we were very open that Wanda was really the villain of this movie. I think a lot of people expected there to be a secondary villain that they would unite and defeat together. But nope, she's the bad guy. Yeah, uh, this movie has all the normal reoccurring people. Uh, ben- the Benedicts, Benedict Cumberbatch and Benedict Wong, um, Elizabeth Olsen, some spoiler. How, how, many, how many
1: co-stars named Benedict do you think there have been in the history of cinema?
0: This Very has few. to be a
1: first. It's got to be yeah, it's got to be like single digits for sure.
0: Yeah, it's Uh, I they just released a marketing video for, you know, like, see the biggest movie in the world starring the Benedicts. And then it's just like Benedict Wong and Benedict Cumberbatch giving <laughs> each other nicknames. And it's the worst commercial I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, we could go into who else is in this movie, but that feels pretty spoilery, right? Um, so do we want to give our general reactions?
1: It sounds good. Sure. I, one of the things I can't remember if you mentioned it up at the very top, but this was directed by Sam Raimi, who I think a lot of people probably are most familiar with from uh, the Spider-Man films, but he wanted to make sure that, you know, he also does other stuff in the Spider-Man films in this movie. <laughs> you know, I think prior to the Spider-Man films, his, his most famous, uh, his original breakout hit was evil dead. And he's got a, a pretty uh, storied horror background and that shows in this movie hard, <laughs> I know I know there's been a lot of debate and I'm sure we're going to talk about it, about what this should have been rated. You know, I don't it, it was rated PG-13. It definitely, regardless, is the most explicitly horary and uh, possibly psychologically damaging movie that Marvel has released. All that said, it's super fun. I, I like a good genre thing. It's a, a, a direction that Marvel hasn't gone. And I feel like I felt like Sam Raimi was having fun with it and therefore I had fun with it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to follow you up cuz my opinion is that I fucking loved it because it is the raimiest rami thing rami could <laughs> do. Like it is it is nothing but like a collection of Sam Raimi hits there's like a Spider-Man scene there's like a drag me to hell scene there's an evil dead two bit like and it's all wrapped up into this Dr. Strange movie which it honestly fits um because it's like 100% a Sam Raimi movie but I would also say it's 100% a Dr. Strange movie too yeah I'm sure I've said it on here before you guys know Dr. Strange is my favorite character um And one of the things that I really love about Dr. Strange comics is it talks a lot about the weight of magic, like the cost that magic has. And this movie, it's a, that's a big point in this film, um, specifically in reference to like the dark hold. And, and, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I I really, really liked it. It's it's exactly what I wanted this movie to be. I get a lot of people wanted it to be like a cameo fest or like a quasi sequel to No Way Home. And it's definitely not that. No, um, but it's what I wanted it to be. So I came out <laughs> very, very happy.
1: And we, we'll talk about that. I also feel like before Hurt goes, there are some specific story beats in this that I thought were like tailor made for Jehu. So I'm curious to see what your feelings are on it, buddy. <laughs>
2: First of all, I'm just so glad because I really came into this thinking this whole podcast was going to be me defending my position because I fucking loved this. <laughs> I thought this was so fucking great. It's so goddamn trippy. Yeah. The original Dick Coast Doctor Strange comics have a lot of psychedelic imagery in it, which is funny because he was a square. He was, That wasn't really who he is. But man, this really runs with that. It's just so... First of all, I have so many thoughts coming out here. This this movie, we'll talk about this more in spoilers, but it, uh, it made me coin a term, and that term is Chekhov's zombie. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but, you know, also for that to work, it would have to imply that this movie has acts, and it really doesn't. It's just one thing happening to get you to the next thing to see another crazy thing. That sounds like a... Uh,
0: Uh, an admonishment but I fucking loved it for guys like us who all prefer shorter movies that's a good thing like there's this is straight killer the whole time it is beat 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 and again that's my kind of stuff especially in a dumb superhero genre movie I don't need 13 minute monologues about what vengeance means yes I'm taking a shot at the Batman (laughs) I I, I want to see him fight a bad guy and then give me the exact amount of information I need to get you to the next bad guy. He's going to fight.
1: I mean, I, I can tell you guys, I, you know, I just recently went back and watched the, the OG Ramy's Spider-Man. Uh, and you know, I feel like we make fun of older movies. Like, you know, even like the early James Bond movies for there's just like a lot of fucking space. Right. Uh, like there's a lot of shots of people like standing up and walking from room to room. Right. right. <laughs> like don't need to be there. Right. Uh, but having watched the Raimi Spider-Man, I was like, maybe we're going backwards because that shit is tight as fuck. <laughs> like, there's not a wasted second of screen time in that movie. And I don't think this one is quite as tight, uh, but it's definitely like he does not want to waste your time. He just he wants to get to the story he wants to tell. Well, I you know, I also think, you know, Marvel has tried
2: and had problems with since things started snowballing and things being so universal, doing sort of movies that stand well on their own. You know, yeah, examples like Iron Man 3 and the Eternals, where they really tried to do a thing that was its own thing. And just, it didn't really work because people need all that world building shit all the time. And I think this one shows you how to do that. You just get a really distinct film filmmaker and let you let him go fucking crazy because, as as uh, Christian says, this is the most Ramy Ramy thing. It's like if you took Sam Ramy, like right after he directed Evil Dead Two, and said, "Hey, we're going to give you three hundred million dollars to do whatever you want to in a superhero movie." That this is the movie you would get. It's almost. It's almost like him really going back to his roots. It's hard for me to equivocate how much fun I thought this movie.
0: Yeah, same man. I had uh, into all the points you just made, like as a person who loves that guy as a filmmaker and pretty much likes every movie he's ever made, including that Western with Leo DiCaprio. Like they all I like. I enjoyed them all. And to see him get to be that guy to the fullest in, in it's especially for a studio that kind of gets knocked for not being like a filmmaker studio or, or right. so people claim, but like, it's, it's really hard to keep that argument up after, after this film, because it, again, it is so rainy that you, you have to wonder at what point did Marvel like, okay, that's too much. Cause I would, I want to see that cut. Like <laughs> how far did this guy try to go? Um, or, you know, it's it, Joseph to your point about how tight it is, I saw you know, people like, oh, where's the Raimi cut? They cut 36 minutes. Apparently, he was the guy who was like, oh, it's too long. We got to yeah. get it down to two hours.
2: Right. Yeah, I-, I also feel like there's places in it where it kind of felt like, oh, you guys are just met. Is there a script? Are you guys just making this up as you go along? But I also mean that in the best possible way. <laughs> like it would seem, you know, they would introduce a problem and then they would introduce the solution for that problem. Yeah. And then that problem would become what the story's about. Like you know, I, I I I had a super amount of fun in this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we I think we all say it's better than Transformers. Yes. Do we want to get into spoilers? Do we want to like how do we want to do the plot? Do we just want to talk about some of the crazy shit that we liked.
1: I mean, let's definitely get into spoilers just so that we don't uh, hamstring it ourselves. Just try to talk about it. Spoilers from here on out.
0: One thing that I was in- that was really interesting to me about this movie was how much it relied on you having to watch Wandavision because I thought for sure they were give us like everything we needed to know for Wanda's descent in this movie. But you absolutely not only had to watch WandaVision, you had to watch the after credit scene to WandaVision (laughs) to really get Wanda's perspective in this movie.
1: I don't know if I agree with that because I I think you can still get like her motivations just from the dialogue and what we see in the movie without necessarily having like the full, you know, pseudo sitcom context.
2: Well, I, you know, I I would say that I, I agree with uh, Christian, but I also think they do a pretty good job of filling you in on enough information you need. But it definitely, of all the previous Marvel works it ties to the most, it's probably WandaVision the most. It doesn't tie to No Way Home very much. It doesn't tie to the first Doctor Strange very much. As a matter of fact, it kind of feels like we missed a Doctor Strange movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that is a good point about you know, there was a whole tease of a plot line with Mordo killing sorcerers. And gosh, that was seven years ago. <laughs>
2: that was, right. And and we never saw that. But, you know, we never saw it come to fruition. But, you know, strange makes reference to it as it's something that's already happened in the past. Yeah. So, you know, or, a, um, or
0: at least is ongoing.
1: Right. Chiwetel Geofor looks great with those long dreads, by the way. Yeah. We, yeah. we can bring that into the, in the 616 universe if we want.
0: I was a little surprised at how little he was actually in this movie. I th- I thought he was going to be in it more, but
1: I mean, I, did look, too. I, I, I we we actually I think we all uh, kind of agreed on the prediction about the size and length of the cameos in this movie. And I was so pleased to find out that we were right uh, because this is this is a story about three people, and the story is almost entirely focused on those three people. And there are little fun bits here and there, but for the most part. You know, we're just, we're telling the story of Dr. Strange, Wanda, and uh, uh, America Chavez.
2: Yeah, the the cameo bit was great, but it was probably my least favorite part of the movie.
0: Yeah, I thought it was, uh, uh, the whole Illuminati scene to me is the weakest part of the movie. And I still enjoy it, but right. like... I almost feel like it's too many people. And I, again, I know the internet completely disagrees with that, right. but there should have been more. Yeah. But I don't feel like we could give those people even the second, the few seconds they deserve to really shine. And I, this comes across as sexist, and I don't mean it to, but. If it was just Reed, Professor X and Black Bolt, I think we could have gotten all the exact same information we got out of it without having to share those scenes with Captain Carter and Captain Marvel, who I think are the ones that really don't really add anything or at least don't get the opportunity to shine in that scene.
2: Well, uh, and you know, yeah. also not to be a huge fucking dork, but those guys wouldn't really be in the Illuminati. Also true. Yeah. You know, the Illuminati's for the smartest people in the thing. And whereas Captain Carter is cool as fuck, you know, she's not like a super smart character.
1: Also, also what an ignominious end to uh, someone who survived the battle of like for the universe of multiverses in the what if cartoons to get right. off. <laughs> I,
2: I
0: don't think it's the same Captain Carter. Are but you, is
1: it not? It's, it's unclear.
0: Not. Yeah, I, I think that's been confirmed.
2: Okay. I, I should th- we're jumping all over the place here. But one thing I wanted to really uh, mention is that I think a lot of people after Endgame and uh and uh, and, you know, Infinity War was like, hey, why didn't Dr. Strange just cut off Thanos hand? Well, apparently he really learned from that that criticism because he just loves cutting off limbs in this shit. <laughs> He's just cutting off tentacles left and right.
0: I actually really liked speaking of the battle with Thanos is how much it comes up of his decision to let him have the time stone. I thought that was, I thought that was an interesting plot point in this movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I think we all went into it thinking that his burden in this was going to be what he had done in no way home, but it was what he had done in, uh, in infinity war. It was, you know, if he made the right decision in the choice in the path that he took.
0: Kind of to combine the two things we've been talking about here, I freaking love the justification of killing Doctor Strange in the 836 Illuminati universe. And I love the Black Bolt murder scene saying sorry. And I-, I thought that was awesome. And it felt very Doctor Strangey to me for the guy to be like, you're right. I am too powerful. Murder me.
2: Right. Also, man. My brain would not process that that was Anson Maltz as as Black Bolt. I thought there's no way they brought that dude back.
1: (laughs) But they did. I mean, it's pretty great. I didn't put him in that outfit. That silly fucking outfit. I was just about to say, uh, uh, I don't know because I don't know anything about the Inhumans. And I know that the fucking TV show got like instant canceled. And so like, I know that Black Bolt is supposed to be like, one of the main dudes but like he just seems so the opposite of cool whatever that is in every possible way and i don't know if if that's reflective of that character in in any other medium but like i was not doing it for me in this movie
0: i like that they normally i'm not one for when you know things make fun of themselves but i like that they made fun of that guy's name because it is a stupid name
1: yeah i love it they fucking said it out loud yeah that's one of the uh, it's one of the gifts in, in the Spider-Man movies also is like being able to like poke fun at like some of this like be silly but not like take away from like the gravity of of whatever the like character drama is. I mean, you know, I in No Way Home, I was pretty pissed about the
2: uh the making fun of Otto Octavius, but in this I loved it. You know, <laughs> I mean, Blackagon Boltagon deserves a few jokes. <laughs>
0: i uh, i do I, I i maybe i am partial to it because you know it's two enterprise captains sitting up there so mm.
2: that's true good point
0: um what do we think of john krasinski's reed richards because that's obviously the big one i think yeah what did you guys see this with people i did yes
2: what did people pop for that when you saw it
0: I uh, i heard a few oh wow oh my god
2: yeah i I, I didn't see it with many people, but my buddy Zach saw it like opening night and you said people went ape shit for that. Oh, really? Yes. Um, You know, I, I wonder, I can't decide whether I think this means he is definitely Reed Richards or he's definitely not Reed
1: Richards. Yeah, 100%. Well, they've given themselves both options now. Right. We are, we are no closer to understanding the answer to that than we were before this movie.
2: I I tell you what, what my big criticism of it is he's the guy who made it the most obvious that none of those people were in a room together. Like he he did not look, he looked almost computer generated by how much his eyes were not matching with looking up at anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's fine in it. You know, I, 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 John Krasinski is of course the safe pick, I think for Reed, but I think there's probably more inspiring picks out there. (laughs) I'm glad they acknowledged it in this movie, but
1: yeah, I mean, look, he, he can pull off the, I'm smarter than you. And I'm also just a dick kind of vibe. So I think it works. Okay. Uh, I was thinking to myself as I watched this is like, man, wouldn't it be a bummer to be the smartest guy in the world? And your only superpower is fucking being kind of stretchy. Uh, and then it occurred to me that Lex Luthor is the smartest guy in the world in the other universe. Uh, and the only thing he got was alopecia. So it's still a little better, I think.
2: <laughs> well, I will say, Joseph, you called it a few weeks ago. You said, I still don't think we have the technology to make stretchy powers look cool. And, and we know, right? I know.
0: Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. it looks ridiculous. <laughs> but overall, I've li- I- I bagged on it. But no, I liked seeing John Krasinski in this. It was, it was definitely, it was so predictable, it was a surprise.
0: Yeah, (laughs) the other thing that I wanted to talk about in this scene, starting here, but for the whole movie, is fucking Danny Elfman's score kicks so (laughs) much ass. Eat the Professor X entrance, great. Yep, and of course the music fight, unbelievable. But the thing that I love the most was the Wanda Wanda Rock montage. Yeah, yeah, kicks so much ass.
1: (laughs) I will I will say the the credits music seemed heavily inspired by the original Spider-Man theme. I don't know if you guys noticed that. No, yeah, no, totally. Like, yeah, the, the music,
2: the music fight, going back to it, that was the point where it first occurred to me, all right, like Marvel's making their first real attempt at going for the stoner dollars. <laughs> like that at some point that whole movie started to feel like the the like kaleidoscope uh you know interdimensional thing at the end of 2001 like that whole that movie was just that scene expanded
1: i mean i want to give some credit to scott derrickson for kind of establishing this look and feel and that whole psychedelic thing in the first dr strange movie because i do think he does a pretty good job with that i do think this is like it's it's a continuation but it's it's not like breaking a lot of new ground here i feel like the first movie does a lot of this Oh, from the definitely. But the first movie really saved it for the end. It really saved it for like
2: the Duramu fight and stuff like that. Whereas this was just wall to wall.
0: Do you guys think, speaking of all the wall to wall craziness, what was it, those dimensions they went into? Are there any spoilers in there? Or does it move too fast or they don't give a shit? Besides one clearly being Mustafar.
1: <laughs> I didn't notice the Mustafar this one. I didn't either. <laughs> but that's great.
0: Dove. For sure, it's the same Mustafar bit as it is in What If, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it, in my mind. We're going to get some point, they're going to be like, there's another universe. That's
1: going to make me so fucking mad when that yeah. happens. Yeah. Well, well, that will bring me
2: to my one big complaint with this. This universe should not be 616. Mm. 616 should be the Marvel universe existing in a multiverse with the MCU, which would ha- should have its own number.
0: That's an interesting point. My Uh, question to you though is Do you? Well, first, let me say we all came out of this very clearly thinking they're building to Secret Wars, right?
2: 100%.
0: Okay. So then my second point is they're going to make obviously Kang is going to be the motivator behind Secret Wars, I think, in the MCU version. At the end of that, are we back to one timeline again?
2: I think we will be. And I, and this part I'm actually worried about, but I think it's true. I think that's why we're not seeing the X-Men and Fantastic Four yet. Because I think we're going to do the multiversal stuff of that first and then it'll all change when everything gets merged together. Maybe when everything gets merged together is when we get recasts all around. I
0: don't know. Mm, Yeah. The other thing, I a question I want to ask you guys because this is a big complaint out there is a lot of people say Phase Four seems extremely disjointed. Um, Number one, do we feel that way? And number two, do we think that Marvel's just changed the way they're doing, quote unquote, their phases now?
1: I don't know that I understand the complaint, honestly.
0: <laughs> well, that like and, and I partially I don't think it's fair because people compare it too much to say like phase two or phase three, where it's very clear, like we're building to this thing. Um, but phase one was just a bunch of stories about these superheroes that were yeah. brought together in Avengers. And I think a lot of the same thing for phase four is we're telling individual stories. I also don't believe that we're doing it as phase one was like five films and then fucking Avengers. We've yeah. got like 10 Marvel things in the last yeah. 18 months. <laughs> right. Um so like the way they tell stories is different because I would argue there's groupings, I think eternals, shang chi um, something else that I've drawn a blank on. I think that's building towards like Galactus and maybe Fantastic Four. Like right. there's definitely some sort of thing there. And then you have things like Loki and Dr. Strange and WandaVision that are kind of building us towards like Kang and Secret Wars. And right. um, I just think they're, they're, they're doing several different things at once Concrete rather than one. phases. Yeah. Phase four a and phase four B. There you go. I wow. just, I, when you can tell so many stories now, why would you limit yourself? Like I mean, that? you're not Unless you're like, Two years is a phase.
1: Though, though, two year comparison to uh, uh, Phase One, this this movie uh, I think completes the circle on the datification of Doctor Strange. He is he is the new father figure of the MCU. They did the Indiana Jones swap of Iron Man and Doctor Strange, and I feel like that transformation is complete now. Yeah,
0: I think it is problem, interesting. Right? We've done it back to back, right? I like did it in this movie and in No Way Home.
1: I mean, it was the big criticism of, of, I think, Doctor Strange coming into the universe in the first place that like their characterizations, regardless of their powers, are so similar. And Marvel's just like, yeah, they're the same fucking person. No- <laughs> Nobody will notice. Right.
0: Well, guys, I don't know what else I really have to talk about this movie. I just really fucking loved it. It's I great.
1: great I, I mean, there are a lot of things that I think, I mean, uh, the, uh, the girl plays America Chavez is outstanding. I think she's really, really good.
0: I thought Elizabeth Olsen was excellent in this. I
1: part. do, too. And, and that's, that was actually my, the thing that I, I thought would really appeal to her. There were, there were two big things that uh, I think are old-school resolutions to superhero dilemmas, situations, conflicts. That's the word I'm looking for, conflicts. Uh, which is the first one is the resolution to uh, America Chavez's arc is not I need Doctor Strange to save me. It's I need to believe in myself. Right. right. <laughs> and I fucking love that. That's great. I know there's people online that
2: hate that, that think it's weak. I too love that. Like, you I know, I know yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was
1: awesome. And the other thing I loved about it is that they didn't solve the Wanda problem by punching her harder than they said. She punched them. They solved it by making her see that she's wrong. <laughs> yes, totally. And that like, that's also like, a, a, not a thing that happens enough. And, in, in, you know, I, I was talking a few weeks ago about a, a bad pitch for mob psycho 100 as a Superman story. Uh, and I think one of the things I failed to mention that both of them do really well is that a lot of the problems probably could be solved by punching. But the beautiful thing about them is they're not. They're usually solved by talking and the punching is set dressing. And I feel like that was what happened in this movie also.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I also love that, you know, Wanda really wasn't defeated. She just saw that she was wrong and then she was done, you know. Yep. I know a lot of people are really pissed that they have brought her into the area. Uh, like They thought this story was going to be her redemption story, and instead it was a full-blown heel tour, turn, but I think that's fine. It's very in line with what Wanda's like in the comics. She's done a lot worse things in comics than she did in this movie and came back for, uh, from them. So I, I still hold out
1: hope for her, and I thought she was cool as Helen. I was yeah. about to say, I think she crushes it. I don't think, yeah. I think she comes off as very, like, I don't know if sympathetic is the right word, but I mean, like, if you start at WandaVision, the show, in many ways, this is just her own hero's story, her right. own hero's journey. And the moment where she come, like, is, is faced with, you know, other you and her, her kids from the other universe is the, oh, I've returned home, but I'm changed now uh, in mm-hmm. a way that I don't fit here anymore. <laughs> right, right.
0: I also I I feel like the complaint that people have of it being a drastic heel turn is is utterly ridiculous because it was, never... it was more ridiculous to me that she ended up being
1: like not the villain at the end of WandaVision. Right.
0: Well, like and if you think about Wanda has never been the hero in any of these movies, not once. <laughs> she starts off as a villain in Age of Ultron. She murders innocent people and is the driving plot point in Civil War. Albeit accidentally. I was about to right. say murders is a strong word there. And then in Infinity War, she has to kill Vision, which she doesn't want to do. I get it breaks her. I'm, I'm not like judging that decision. But that leading to how much she gives into her anger when she fights Thanos in in game. Um because it's it's like, you know, Anna can turn into the dark side. Like it's just all out. And then um of course, WandaVision, <laughs> she takes over a whole town and kidnaps them. Right. I'm sorry.
2: No, I, I love it. It's like your musical score.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was well in line with the character for her to be this. And like you said, Jehu, this is just classic Wanda Maximoff. This is classic Scarlet Witch. Right. Um, I, so I don't get the hate because she also kills it at this part.
2: Right, she does. I, I also love that her flying in this is very Wizard of Oz. Like, it's like, it's not, it's not like zipping around, you know, sort of Zack Snyder, fast flying. It's just a lot of floating with your arms out. I dug
1: it. I mean, look, I I think that uh, between her and Doctor Strange, they, and I guess probably starting with Iron Man, they've really improved the, the like wire flying technology Mm -hmm. where it's like the center of gravity is somewhere in the torso, which is way better than it used to be where you literally just seemed like you were fucking swinging from your arms or your shoulders. Uh, Right, right. Totally. But I do feel like this movie does enough flying that I'm starting to see the cracks with that also. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> it might be time for a technology upgrade. Though on notes of visible cracks with this movie, one of the things that uh, did bother me, despite all the other weird shit that happens in it, is I do wish that there was more magic. Like, so much of it is just shooting, like, beams and whips at each other. Right. And I know, I know it's a budgetary constraint. I know it's unfair of me to ask this. But also... They're the fucking richest company in the world. Like, do some more interesting <laughs> shit. Right. Uh, and on a similar note, you know, I know that that the whole kind of joke is that Steven is a better sorcerer than Wong, even though Wong is technically the Sorcerer Supreme. But he should be a little bit better of a sorcerer, I think, for having the, the vast wisdom of whatever, the, the knower of all. He also is exclusively whips and shields.
2: Uh, oh, shit. I, I, I still haven't really fully mentioned my favorite part. Zombie Doctor Strange with his demon cape. Outstanding. That shit is so fucking Sam Raimi.
1: So, well, this this brings me to, to yeah, I was going to go see this with my wife on Friday um, and we just didn't work out. But now that I that has not happened and I saw it by myself, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of glad that I didn't go see it with her because this has some fucked up shit in it. Right. Uh, right. And, and on that note, you know, my wife is, is I mean, she would watch it and she'd be fine. She just might not have loved it. But I know her parents who also watch all these movies, her mom will not like this. <laughs> <laughs> she, she will be very upset by the things that happen in this movie. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I i don't know if I agree with the, you know, there's a whole controversy about what the rating systems are. And I, I think that's kind of pointless in the first place, because I don't really understand the rating systems at all. But like, is this too fucked up for a movie for ostensibly like not necessarily kitty kids, but, you know, if they're superheroes, they're kind of for kids.
0: I think you could definitely could make that argument. But is I, it appropriate for me? hundred <laughs> percent.
1: I mean,
2: I think we're moving into the same same sort of thing that caused, you know, PG-13 to happen in the first place. Yeah. you know, you're not wrong. It, used to. There was just PG and then filmmakers were really pushing what you could do with pg and then they added a speed bump and then pg-13 kind of became the only rating like everybody shoots for it no one wants pg no one wants r they want pg-13 but they keep pushing what they can do with pg-13 so like are we gonna have to do pg-13 plus i don't know Mm,
0: it's a good point
1: that would be such i mean that would be such an honor as a filmmaker for your film to cause the creation of a new rating. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I, I, you know, I, cause I, knew I, Steven Spielberg's gremlins was the thing that, that really tipped off the PG 13 talk. Uh, right. I, I, you know, I, that, I'd be great with that just so that Sam Raimi could have that honor to, to <laughs> lean on for the rest of his life. I mean, he seems like a guy who would really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Also oh, um, Bruce Campbell's old as fuck.
0: Yeah, he is. I did not like him in this movie and I did not stay for his after credit scene.
1: It's post credit scene. I kind of liked. That's so rude. Oh yeah,
0: I'll, I'm done. The- I'm done with the Bruce Campbell joke. I just it's played out at this point. Just
1: let opinion. him be. He's there for fucking ten seconds in a movie, and we're gonna have to agree to disagree with that because I'll <laughs> never be tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that one very very, uh, you know, just I don't know, almost making fun of you for saying the p- very post credit scene. But I love, I love the Wanda turn to camera after she takes over the. Uh, the other Wanda.
0: Oh, it's great.
1: It's outstanding. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Again, though, I don't think anyone else would let that fly, but Rami's like, absolutely. Hold it. Go longer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Great. The other thing I want to see. So, you know, I think the, the, the two most messed up things in this are definitely the corpse strange and his, his demon cape, uh, and all of the gruesome deaths of the Illuminati in the other universe. Right. Um, which I mean, like, particularly the Black Bolt, and maybe the, 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 the Mr. Fantastic one isn't that bad. I, I imagine that Sam Raimi told them what to do, and then he saw it and was like, could you add, like, a little pop at the end? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just want to see the, what the original cut was for the cutting Captain Britain in half, because I know it wasn't mm. that cut, <laughs> right. and I know I had to go back and change it. <laughs>
2: Uh, Yeah, that that part was all pretty great. The uh, the black bolt thing was definitely tough. Yeah. Uh, My only complaint is, is did they buy that like cubing uh, effect on like a discount or something? Because they throw that in like every movie. Mm. You know, they did it like multiple times with the fucking Infinity Stones where someone gets divided into hundreds of cubes. That is true. So last scene in the regular movie, what did you guys think of the eyeball opening? Because I thought it was hilarious.
1: (laughs) I mean,
0: I I, I
2: loved
1: it again. It's, it's the most set Ramey ending. It is. (laughs)
2: It is. I mean, like it should add a caption below it that said, in case you forgot. Yeah. (laughs) Like it was so Ramey and I just loved it.
0: Well, like I said, I think there are bits in this movie that are like very referenced to other other films like there are shots in the beginning of this movie that like absolutely could live in in Raimi's Spider-Man movie like it looks identical right. and the ending is 100% drag me to hell yeah. um, where you think you got in a way you think you won you think you're great oh shit nope life there are consequences to your actions that's the end of the movie
1: right, right. And speak, speaking of technology catch catching up we really need to do something about that eyeball that's gonna stay around yeah. though because it's not good it looks fucking <laughs> terrible right. yeah
0: so, I mean, I think the only other you know big thing is there's one more cameo slash, I guess, permanent casting in the MCU, which is Charlize Theron is playing Clea and she pops up at the end and her and Doctor Strange run off into the dark dimension. Um, after watching Doctor Strange 1, I have to assume this after credit scene is pointless.
1: <laughs> That's a good point.
0: Who um, knows if we'll ever see what happens in the dark dimension.
2: Um, but the main thing I got from this is that, man, that costume looked like something from sky high or something. hundred percent. Like it was, it was not great. And I like, you know, I, you just moments ago, heard me go ape shit over how ridiculous black bolts costume is. I love a good, ridiculous costume, but this one was pushing it.
0: Yeah. It's not one that uh, it should be translated. Let's just give her a new look entirely. I would say
2: that being said, I love Charlie's, you know, she'll probably be fun to have in these movies.
0: Well, I've got nothing else. What do you guys want to close on?
1: I mean, look, I I think we're going to get accused by at least one person of just spending this whole episode sucking Raimi's dick, which is not inaccurate. Uh, But this movie is really good, and it's it's fun and fresh in a way that uh, I don't feel like a Marvel movie has been in a little while. So I recommend it. If you don't like horror movies, though, you may not like it. But also,
2: if you don't like Marvel movies, you may still like it.
1: That's also true.
2: That's a good you know, uh, counterpoint. It, I don't really think you need to love Marvel movies to love this one, because it's just, you know, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, movies and comics also are a visual medium, and they can survive on just the visuals if, if the visuals go for it enough. And this one really goes for it visually.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too much and more on, you know, second... Rami stick to your point joseph but i would even go a step farther is not just marvel movies like m- most people don't make movies like this anymore and right. it, it, it kind of sucks like i like that this feels retro and campy and cheesy like i i like those traits about sam raimi movies and i wish more people did it though they don't they're not going to do it as well as he does and so i'm just at the end of the day i'm it's a character I love. It's a character that I thought the style really suited. And it's a director I love. And I'm glad that it it works.
2: You know, you, you just made me think of something that really, like most of these movies, most of these superhero movies are really trying to make it look like, hey, what would this look like if this occurred in the real world? And I think why Sam Rainey is so fun when he does yeah. this is that he's like, hey, there's no way this could occur in the real world. So let's just go ape shit.
1: Yeah. So I think that's uh, Doctor Strange, multiverse of madness, uh, better than Transformers, unilaterally. Yep. Well, cool. What have we been watching this past week, guys?
0: Um, so I teased it last week, and I, you know, you guys just got to expect I'm going to talk about Star Trek at this point. Um, season two of Picard is finally over. Um, and listen, it's not good. It's <laughs> it's it's just not. I will give it two. I'll give it two compliments. I've, I've ragged on it so much on this show that I will end on two positives for it, which is number one. John Delancey is a freaking treasure. I don't know why he's not in more stuff. He's so good as Q and, um, his last few scenes in that show are just, they're outstanding. I don't really know. It's weird. This is a weird thing about this show, uh, which is, I don't really know that I like the choices, but I like the execution. Like, I don't really like what they do with Q, but I like how John Delancey delivers the lines and it, it works. And the, that those two have acted against each other for so long. Now it was really, really cool to get some closure. The second compliment I will give is it does have the most Star Trek answer for the Borg. Um, and it's one that I have never thought of and I actually really, really liked it. But again, I don't know that I like the ex- execution. Um, it, It was like they tried to pull the rung out from underneath you and be like, look at this great Star Trek answer that we've never done before. And it's like, I mean, that's cool in concept, but I just don't like how you did it. Um, But again, I will give it props for trying and giving me a true Star Trek solution for the Borg. One major diss is at one point Jean-Luc Picard is walking around with a pistol and shooting people. Don't like it. Don't think that fits the character at all. I don't care if he's fighting for his life. That is not what that dude would do. I hated that moment so friggin' much, but Overall, worse than Transformers. I'm still a sucker. I will watch season three because goodness gracious. The one last thing they could do was pull the whole freaking cast back. (laughs) And uh, they chose to do that. Also, spoilers. Sorry, Jay fucking Wesley Crusher shows up and I did not see that coming. And it's been so long that something blew my mind that seeing (laughs) Will Wheaton on a TV show again (laughs) literally sent me into almost a comatose state.
2: I mean, that's fucking great, because I've always thought Wesley, you know, like, hasn't he paid enough for leaving? Yeah. Like, he never really got invited back for any of the movies, you know? Like, I, I that's good to hear. That makes me kind of want to watch
1: this. I like to imagine that you saw Will Wheaton come on screen, and you're like, oh, it's the guy from The Big Bang Theory.
0: I hate the Big Bang. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I feel like he's more known for that than Star Trek at this point.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's it. That's all I'm going to talk about anyway. But Star Trek Picard season two. It's not worth your time, but I suffered for you.
2: Well, a uh, uh, funny thing. Uh, you know, we were going to do this, uh, you know, I think tomorrow instead. So everything I was going to watch, I was going to watch tonight. So I really don't have a huge amount to talk about, but I will talk about this one thing. So there's this one episode of sunny where they basically, they basically experience a previous episode over. And you know, the whole time they're like, haven't we done all this before? And I'm positive. That's true about this thing here. I've said this at least twice on this podcast, but me and Sarah started watching lost again. (laughs) Uh, we're about four episodes in i think that uh, we i think we tried this two more times and didn't two times before and didn't finish it but i think it had been too soon i think we're i think we're ready now i think we're gonna go through the whole thing this time so you will probably hear more updates from me about loss but still uh from what i've watched so far man that pilot still holds up as probably the best pilot to anything ever
1: yes Uh, it's a good pilot
2: and, uh, you know, we just did, uh, the John Locke episode and, you know, like, even when you know the, the twist, that episode is still, it just lands so well, it sets up that character so great for the, you know, next, uh, you know, next six years of that show. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to be doing this, but I'll, I'll, I'll have some stuff to talk about next week that you two guys will be interested
1: in. Okay. Mm. I will say, so th- I, this is on the sly, and then it stopped happening, so I never brought it up. But the wife and I started and then stopped watching Lost about a year ago uh, because she just stopped being interested in it. And the things that I remember rewatching it after quite a while firstly, so many things happened in the first season and a half, like two seasons, I guess, uh, that I was like, what happens with the rest of the show? I remember season six and I remember seasons one and two, and I have no idea what the fuck happened after, and I may never know now because val stopped watching it with me right uh and the other thing that i remember is just that i think i'm just gayer than i was when i watched it the first time you know when it first came out i was it was a teen with raging hormones and and kate was like super doing it for me at that particular time right uh re it like last year i was like damn sawyer and Said are so attractive
0: well, they're the <laughs> they're hottest so handsome sure. Yeah,
1: definitely. The dudes on this are way
2: better looking dudes than the ladies. Like you know, uh, I mean, even John Locke is an old bald guy. He's about as cool looking as an old bald guy can be. That's
1: probably true. I'm still so mad that Naveen and Andrews never fucking did anything. I mean, it's also true for uh, Josh Holloway. Josh Holloway. But,
0: ugh. Naveen Andrews has a show on Hulu right now. Nobody watches shows on Hulu. The Dropout or something, I think mm. is what it's called. Oh, yeah, I don't the, watch it either, but the I know there's one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, all right. I've also i I'm also on this podcast. I should talk about what I'm watching. It's anime. Big surprise. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So look, uh, uh, spring of this year is not like the strongest season of all time. I've said that several times, but uh, it, it's still true. There is one show that I'm still watching that I is the probably the only other one that I think is worth talking about of all of the ones that I'm watching, which is called love after world domination. And, uh, the premise is basically, uh, power Rangers. But what if the red Ranger and Rita repulsa were hooking up on the side? <laughs> uh, and it's pretty funny. It's a rom comy kind of, uh, thing. It's really goofy. You know, it, it's lovingly playful with the whole, uh, uh, power Rangers style, uh, TV show. And I mean, it's just genuinely a, a, a funny show. So love after world domination. That's pretty much it.
2: I think you should. I, I think we should name this section of the podcast, which is Joseph pitches animes that already already exist. What? Because you all whenever you talk about uh, an anime, you always have a pitch
0: for it. Like you always you, you always compare have, it like, to something. So oh. what? That's- you always compare it to something else. <laughs>
1: right. What, what I re- need to start doing is come up with the new names for animes, because the problem is the name does not pitch you on anything. Right. Uh, and so it's important to uh, for me to be like the translator, be like, oh, no, this is the actual value behind whatever inscrutable, awful name and uh, poster that this anime has. Right, right. Yeah, that's it next week do we have anything
0: no
2: plans
1: no plans i, I mean we... we
2: should definitely do something that's not marvel next
1: week. <laughs> well i have an idea Amen. that christian i know watched this weekend mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that buddy yes
0: yeah, sounds great let's do
1: it. let's do dear evan hansen that just dropped on hbo max okay I'm i I, I
2: i you know it's funny i saw that was on hbo max and it filled me with dread
1: i'm so excited i want to <laughs> hate it I want to hate it so bad. Right. I'm very excited about it. I, the, uh, the worst thing it can be is middling. All right. Next week. We'll do that. All right. That sounds good. Add that to whatever other secretive things that you're doing hurt. All right. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, let us know what you think about multiverse of madness or Sam Raimi or your Sam Ra- favorite Sam Raimi movie. Uh, you can reach us real phony. At gmail. great. Right? No real phonies at gmail.com. I uh, can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at real on Instagram, real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our team. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Later.